Good afternoon. I'm Jenny Beth Martin with Tea Party Patriots Action. Thank you so much for joining today's Lunch Break Live with Tea Party Patriots. In just a moment, we'll go to Bill Pasco for our Washington report. But first, please press share and share this Facebook Live session with your Facebook friends. And if you sign off early, please know that Tea Party Patriots and I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But first, don't sign off just yet. Let's go to Bill Pasco for our Washington report. Thank you, Jenny Beth. The House and Senate are in recess, adjourned until January. The Senate is scheduled to come back on Monday, January 3rd, and the House is scheduled to come back on Monday, January 10th. Last week in the House, they returned on Tuesday and took up procedural votes on several pieces of legislation. During the course of two separate voting sessions, the House voted to recommend that the House of Representatives find former Congressman and Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in contempt of Congress for refusal to comply with a subpoena duly issued by the Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. They also voted to pass the Combating International Islamophobia Act, and they voted to raise the debt limit. For those keeping score at home, only two Republicans voted to hold former Congressman Meadows in criminal contempt of Congress, Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. And only one Republican voted to raise the debt limit. Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. And then they were done. Last week in the Senate, the Senate came back to work on Monday and voted to confirm Lucy Heron Coe to be United States Circuit Judge for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. On Tuesday, the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the nomination of Samantha D. Elliott to be U.S. District Judge for the District of New Hampshire. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the motion to concur in the House Amendment to S-1605, the amended National Defense Authorization Act. Then the Senate voted to agree to a motion to proceed to consideration of SJ Res 33, a joint resolution increasing the debt limit. That vote was 50 to 48. Then by a vote of 50 to 49, the Senate voted to pass SJ Res 33 and the debt limit increase passed the Senate. On Wednesday, by a vote of 88 to 11, the Senate voted to concur, to concur in the House amendment to S-1605, the amended National Defense Authorization Act. Then the Senate voted to confirm the nominations of Jennifer Sung to be U.S. Circuit Judge for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and Samantha D. Elliott to be U.S. District Judge for the District of New Hampshire. On Thursday, the Senate voted to discharge the nomination of Holly A. Thomas to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals from the Committee on the Judiciary. And the Senate voted to confirm R. Nicholas Burns to be ambassador to the People's Republic of China, Raman Taloi to be an assistant secretary of state for economic and business affairs, and Rashad Hussein to be ambassador at large for international religious affairs. Friday and Saturday were more of the same. Majority Leader Schumer plowing through nominations while he tried to find some kind of agreement with Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz, who had placed a hold on a ton of Biden ambassadorial nominations in an effort to get a vote on sanctions against the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline in Europe. While they were wheeling and dealing, the Senate was taking up cloture motions and confirmation votes, one after another, all day long and all night long. After 23 roll call votes and 11 nomination confirmations, the two finally came to agreement. Schumer finally broke down and gave Cruz a promise of a vote on his bill, and Cruz released his holds, and the result was a ton more nominations finally being confirmed. Here are the 11 nominees who were confirmed by roll call vote. Atul Atmaram Gawande to be Assistant Administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development. 
Linda Lopez to be U.S. District Judge for the Southern District of California. Jin Suk Ota to be U.S. District Judge for the Southern District of California. David Herrera Urias to be United States District Judge for the District of New Mexico. Mame Ewusi Mensa Frimpong to be U.S. District Judge for the Central District of California. Jane M. Beckering to be U.S. District Judge for the Western District of Michigan. Shalina D. Kumar to be U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of Michigan. Jennifer L. Thurston to be U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of California. Catherine Marie Menendez to be U.S. District Judge for the District of Minnesota. Mary Catherine Dimke to be U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of Washington. And Rahm Emanuel to be Ambassador Extraordinary and Plenipotentiary of the United States of America to Japan. Then came the results of the deal, 56 confirmations, all done by voice vote following the final votes of the session around 2 a.m. Saturday morning. By that time, a third of the Senate had left for the year. No, I am not going to read out 56 names. You can find them in the Washington report that will be posted online later today. Now to the vaccine mandate update. You will recall that in early November, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals blocked the implementation of the Biden vaccine mandate on private employers who had 100 or more employees. On Friday, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals lifted that order while the case works its way through the court system. On Saturday, a Labor Department spokesman announced that the Biden administration would delay enforcement of the vaccine order, quote, to provide employers with sufficient time to come into compliance. OSHA will not issue citations for noncompliance with any requirements of the ETS before January 10th, he said. Reminder on the debt ceiling on Tuesday, Democrats finally revealed their number, two and a half trillion dollars. That's how much they decided to increase the debt limit in one fell swoop. The bill passed the Senate, then passed the House, and was signed into law by President Biden on Thursday. It should prevent any default on U.S. debt until at least early 2023. Now, finally, budget reconciliation. When last we discussed the latest developments on President Biden's $5 trillion Build Back Socialist bill, West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin was still holding out, refusing to agree to a deal he just wasn't comfortable with. Last week, he continued his defiance in back-to-back conversations with President Biden on Monday and Tuesday, Monday on the telephone and Tuesday in person. I'm sorry, Manchin held firm against Biden's pressure and told reporters afterward that no, he did not feel as if the two were getting any closer to one another. Meanwhile, the Senate parliamentarian announced on Thursday that she had determined that Plan C, the Democrats' third try at working amnesty language into the reconciliation bill, would fare no better than either of their first two attempts and would run afoul of the rules of the reconciliation process. House Democrats and outside progressive groups began calling publicly and loudly for Senate Democrats to simply overrule or even more insultingly to simply ignore the parliamentarian's counsel. All week, the political world watched and waited. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer continued to say he hoped to bring the bill to the floor of the Senate before Christmas. But as the week continued without news of an agreement between Biden and Manchin, that possibility looked less and less likely. By late Thursday afternoon, it was clear Schumer would be unable to bring the bill to the floor last week. White House officials and Biden administration spokespeople said on and off the record that all was fine. It was an important bill. It was more important to get it right than to get it fast. And all the usual things you would expect to hear in the wake of a major failure. On Sunday morning, all that went out the window. 
Senator Manchin appeared on Fox News Sunday with host Brett Baer and dropped a bomb on the Build Back Socialist bill. Asked what was the state of play on the bill as of Sunday morning, Manchin responded, quote, well, Brett, you know, this is a mammoth piece of legislation, and I had my reservations about it from the beginning when I heard about it five and a half months ago. And I've been working diligently every day and every minute of every day. I've been working on this meeting with whether it be the president, President Biden, whether it be Majority Leader Schumer and his staff, whether it be with Nancy Pelosi, all of my colleagues from all different spectrums, from the political spectrum, if you will, from the right to the left. I've done everything humanly possible. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns. And where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs. The cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bill, all these things are hitting every aspect of their life. And you start looking at, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying, at $29 trillion. You have the geopolitical unrest that you have. You have the COVID, the COVID variant. And that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. Host Bear, visibly surprised, responded, you're done. This is a no. And Manchin responded, this is a no. On this legislation, I've tried everything I know how to do, and the president has worked diligently. He's been wonderful to work with. Within a matter of hours, the White House and every Democrat who had the phone number of a political reporter were dumping all over Manchin. Biden himself was reported to be furious, believing that Manchin had broken his word to Biden. Apparently, the anger inside the White House was so great that cooler heads were not allowed to prevail. And the official White House spokeswoman, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, issued a 714-word statement that will be very difficult to climb down from. In that statement, Saki said that Manchin's comments, quote, are at odds with his discussions this week with the president, with White House staff, with his own public utterances, end quote. She continued, quote, if his comments on Fox and written statement indicate an end to that effort, they represent a sudden and inexplicable reversal in his position and a breach of his commitments to the president and the senator's colleagues in the House and Senate. Just as Senator Manchin reversed his position on Build Back Better this morning, we will continue to press him to see if he will reverse his position yet again to honor his prior commitments and be true to his word, end quote. Note to White House staff, when you're trying to get a politician to reverse himself, it helps if you can help him find a way to do it without making it look like he's reversing himself. By taking the position she did, she made clear to anyone who's ever played this game before that she and the rest of the Biden White House are not at all interested in getting Manchin to reverse himself. They are solely interested in torching him. That's going to make Chuck Schumer's job much harder. And yes, he has not given up. He cannot. Sunday evening, he sent a dear colleague letter to his fellow Democrat senators in which he promised he would bring the bill to the floor after the new year in an attempt to shame Manchin into voting for it. In that dear colleague letter, he also promised to bring to the floor another attempt to pass some kind of legislation to allow for a federal takeover of election administration. Keep in mind, the Build Back Socialist bill has passed the House. We're not out of the woods until the 117th Congress has adjourned sine die after the elections next November. Stay tuned. And that's our Washington Report for this week. Thank you so much, Bill, for that Washington Report. 
Next week, we will not have a Lunch Break Live with Tea Party Patriots, so please plan to join us again in the new year for our first Facebook session of the new year. And if you want to check out our call to action for this week and in between now and the new year, please be sure to go to teapartypatriots.org forward slash take action. Again, teapartypatriots.org forward slash take action. The support team at Tea Party Patriots Action and I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will see you again in the new year. Merry Christmas.